0: Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad.
1: And I'm the daughter. I do everything before I leave. I need to find that bag
0: my Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton
2: earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny. Bobby, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> well, my dog is now called Jimmy Enders.
1: <laughs> oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change that to Do you cook French food? Like, do you cook frog legs and snails? Oh, <laughs> uh, I just lock myself in a procedure room. Oh, that Sophie Appleston's the worst. It's like having a child with you when she's on
2: tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid.
0: Well, Polly, another week goes by. Now, tell me about your editing skills. How are they going?
1: Oh, I don't want to bring that up, but yeah. Um, last week we had. Do you know what? It wasn't the worst we've ever had. Um, no, the
0: worst we ever had was when we put a family <laughs> Zoom call out instead of the podcast for everyone to listen yeah. to. That was the worst.
1: Yeah, and then I was at the ICC headquarters and had no Wi-Fi for some reason. Um, but do you know what? Okay, this wasn't as bad. Um, had a few editing blunders last week. It was mm-hmm. pretty much fine, other than that. I put our whole chat in. Rather than splitting it, which to be fair, I was surprised that hasn't happened before mm. since I've been up in Manchester because we were used to having three sep- separate pieces of audio essentially, but now it's all well, it's actually put into two because we use the same intro bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even remember being that tired when I edited it, um, last week, but it's one of those things that happens so. bear bear with us um this week I will double check in fact I've edited the our our guest earlier in the week and I'll have a look at it again before it goes out just to make sure um that everything's good and it's a long one so yeah I did oh actually this podcast is going to be very long because I think the interview is almost an hour um so we'll try and keep our bit a little bit more concise than usual I think
0: yes concise which is why we're having this little waffly bit at at the start I, I have to say at this point as well that if it were down to me to do the editing, there would be no podcast, so
1: <laughs> I cannot
0: really criticise.
1: Yeah, okay, fair. Shall we chat about the WBBL? Because by the time the episode's out, it would have started. It starts on Thursday morning English time, so that must be Thursday evening in Australia.
0: That's so exciting. It goes on for a very, very long time.
1: Yeah, it's much longer than the 100. Um same amount of teams, but I think they all play each other twice. Uh, so obviously it means it's a bit longer, yeah. but...
0: Yeah, the final's in December. So it's, I think yeah. it's after your birthday.
1: Oh, so wow.
0: that, that is a long time.
1: That is a very long tournament. Um, but yeah, we've got some England stars going there. And I think that's what we're going to focus, because of course there are so many games that we can't do in-depth analysis of every single game as much as we'd want to. Um, but let's chat about some of the players that are going over. So... Firstly, one of my favourite picks is Danny Gibson for the Adelaide Strikers. So, first time in the WBBL. And it's kind of her first time doing franchise cricket outside of England.
0: I feel the pressure for her in a way because it's fine, you know, playing for your region, playing in the 100, even playing for England. But suddenly, when you're thrown out in the WBBL, you're up against. You know, and you are one of the expensive foreign signings that they brought in. That's next level pressure, isn't it? So I'd be really interested to see how she responds to that because suddenly she's not a junior player anymore, as it were. So even the England side, she's kind of the inexperienced newcomer. Whereas here, she has been brought in and paid premium amounts of money to do a job for a franchise. And that brings with it a certain amount of pressure and expectation.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because there are quite a few players on the, on this list who is their first time in the WPBL, some of them franchise cricket outside of England. Um, similarly for the strikers, and I think this actually goes really a, kind of a good pairing, is Georgia Adams, um, who of course hasn't even played for England, um, has been close quite a few times, but um, excellent all-rounder for the Southern Vipers. And in terms of leadership qualities, I mean... It's it's obvious what she's done with the vipers, um. So I'm I was really really happy to see her picked. I think we spoke about this at the time, um. But yeah, it's good to see her her going out there, can bat and bowl, so perfect for franchise cricket. Mm. Um. Then we've got Bess Heath, who she's already actually been to WBBL. Um. She played for the Melbourne Stars, but she's now going to play in teal for the Brisbane Heat. Um. I'm not sure. I doubt she'll be wicket keeping. Um, but obviously her strike rate has been pretty impressive over the last few years, and she's just had her England debut, so she's she's experienced that pressure a little bit. Um, of course, franchise cricket's a bit different, but she's been to Australia before, she knows conditions, knows a couple of people, so I'd imagine the, the process would be a bit easier now.
0: It, yeah, I mean, it, it's great, isn't it, to see... It, I think, first of all, Georgia Adams... It, it, just, just what a superstar, you know, he's my player of the season, last season. Uh, so great to see her rewarded with that contract. And Bess as well, just what is she going to go on to achieve within the game? I, I, I think there's there are huge opportunities there for that. And this is the next it, kind of thing to add to that, isn't it? Gaining that experience, and it can only help to make that the development and progress even faster.
1: Another top England player for the Brisbane Heat is Sarah Glenn. Now, Sarah Glenn has um played for Perth Scorchers a couple of seasons ago. Um, and one of my favourite players to watch, excellent leg spinner. Um, and I just think she's a great addition to have in franchise cricket. Um, glad to see her heading over. Then if we look at more experienced players, we've got Tammy Beaumont going to the Melbourne Renegades. Now, their top order is looking fantastic. And of course, Tammy Beaumont has been so in form over the summer you, you think about i mean the test in that longer format she got the double century but then when you know people talking about her strike rate a couple of seasons ago and she was dropped from england but she went and got i think it's a hundred was it 118 uh for the welsh fire getting the highest score of the hundred um i mean she kind of proved everyone wrong i mean we were we were never doubting um england selectors perhaps uh, but it's interesting because Lisa Kiteley is coaching, I think I could be wrong, Sydney Thunder, I think. She's coaching one of the teams anyway. Um, and of course, Tammy, Tammy Beaumont will play against her team. And Lisa Kiteley was the one that dropped her. So, you oh. know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm ready for a Tammy Beaumont masterclass.
0: Yeah, I, I think from what Tammy Beaumont said in interviews, she thinks it's the best thing that have happened to her because it's really helped to improve her game. And, uh, you know... I I think, you know, she's going to be back in the in the England T20 side. You know, if we want to win games, then she's a really good person to to have in there, isn't she? And just last season was just one of those years when everything went right for her. And you just expected her to score endless runs, and she did. Um, and, you know, it'd be great to see that vein of form continuing in this uh, tournament as well.
1: Yeah, she also doesn't strike me as a, a kind of particularly revenge-based player, but, you know, maybe this is her opportunity for that. Uh, next, we've got Alice Capsey, who has been retained by the Melbourne Stars. Of course, they had her last season, and she does what Alice Capsey does. Um, she's played well for England this summer, and, and she lit up the 100, so I'm sure she will have plenty to offer. It's interesting, though, that the Stars don't really have... Kind of a big international spinner, mm-hmm. so Capsi, I'd imagine, will bowl a few overs. Yeah. Um, but that's quite interesting, given I mean some teams will have Sarah Glenn, uh, Alana King, players like that. Um, so I'll be, I think, Alice Capsey will bowl a little bit more. Of course, her bowling is not world class, kind of like a batting. Um, but that might be a bit of an opportunity for her.
0: I I think it is, and and I think she is a good all rounder and but the the other thing with capsy she's so competitive and so if she's not scoring runs with the bat she will take wickets because she just desperately wants to contribute to be part of the you know the winning team if you like so that is her whole mentality so i think having someone like that batting and bowling for you if she doesn't score runs she'll take wickets if she scores runs she'll still take wickets um so I think it's a really smart move.
1: Yeah, well, the Melbourne Stars have been quite smart because they've got three English overseas, which, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have a bit of variety and, and get people from all over to get different perspectives. Um, but they've got three players that have played together quite a lot. So they've also got my Boucher and Sophia Dunkley. So three batters, um, obviously cats in my bowl a bit. But um, yeah, Boucher, uh, she found some kind of decent form Across the season, there were kind of peaks and troughs, but she, I I felt she was quite unlucky not to be picked in for England's T20s during the Ashes. Of course, they they did have a lot of batters, so you know they had a lot to uh, a lot of players to choose from. But um, no, I'm excited to see her back in the WBBL, and I think it says a lot that Stars wanted her back, um, because I definitely think she's a player that's got a lot to offer, um, and definitely a lot a lot more to come. Um, so good to see her there, and then Sophia Dunkley who. Oh, I, Do you know what? I felt? I feel kind of bad for how her summer's gone because I think actually her the, when we think of her summer it's not necessarily reflective of how it really went because I think a lot about her England performances which weren't great but actually her 100 was decent. I think she got two half centuries and actually was okay and she's done quite well at uh, in domestic cricket. So I think going into the WVBL she's had the, I don't think we've really spoken about it but and um, there was an England kind of smaller group that went out to India for a batting camp, um, which I think is a great idea, to be fair. And hopefully, thanks to got a bit more confidence, she's had time in, I suppose, not really the middle, but in the net. um, And, you know, heading into the WBBL, she'll be she'll be ready to go.
0: She's one of England's experienced players. And as an experienced player, you get judged by how you perform on the big stage. And on the big stage against Australia, she didn't perform. So even though she had a decent season in the 100, for example, always she's going to be judged on that performance against Australia. And it wasn't quite as it as we needed it to be.
1: Another player who actually hasn't had the best time with the bat, um, but Amy Jones. So she's gone back to the Perth Scorchers as kind of was always expected. Now, the thing with Amy Jones is you're not necessarily going to get massive scores from her, but you're going to get the best wicket-keeper in the world without, you know, that that's just that's going to happen um, so I think actually the value she has to the team she's very experienced as well and she can bat like you know she'll, if she has a good day she'll do really well and she can get in kind of the 40s quite quickly um, which I suppose is what you need for T20 just getting to the 30s 40s quite fast um, not using up too many balls and it's all good but yeah her wicket keeping everyone knows how good it is um, and they they actually have a lot of wicket keepers in that team because I think they have um, I could be wrong, Beth Mooney, Maddie Dark, and they've just signed Lauren Winfield Hill. So, I mean, they're not short sure of wicket keepers. Oh,
0: they could have whole slip cordon.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess it's a great opportunity for players like Maddie Dark, who's a little bit younger and kind of up and coming more to, to learn from, I mean, every, I'm sure every wicket keeper in the world would want to spend time with Amy Jones to learn
2: from her.
0: Yeah, and I think of her contribution in that Baston T20 when England were actually struggling as she came in and she, again, it was a cameo. It was, you know, 40 odd off 15 balls or something like that, but, you know, hit a six off the last ball. And it it gave us something to, it, you know, it gave us a target that we could um, try and win by. And we didn't win in the end, of course, but um, it, it certainly put us in contention as you can always do that for you.
1: Then next, we've got Heather Knight for the Sydney Thunder. Now, she's going to be captaining the Sydney Thunder this year. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting one because I suppose we saw Knight's leadership across the Ashes, which I think was really, really positive. Um, And of course, she's captain England for quite a long time now. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes in with the Sydney Thunder because, of course, it's a very different team Um, and a lot of the players she would have never played with. Um, especially the younger domestic players in Australia, um, so I'm excited to see how that goes. Actually, um, and again, I think it, I think it's always a good opportunity with franchise cricket to just play with different people, um, I suppose see some of the leaders in that side, um, just to kind of see how other people do it, um, and especially help some of the younger leaders within the team as well. I mean, you never want to help the Aussies, but you know, it'll be interesting one to see. Um, also for the Sydney Thunder we've got Lauren Bell so yeah I'm I'm always excited to see Lauren Bell um but I I think she'll be I think she'll be really really useful in terms of kind of being a a frontline seamer um she can offer a lot and she's had a good summer um so yeah excited to see that has, and again
0: it, it she's still learning it's an experience thing isn't it as much as anything else and I think you know I think back to that final over at Southampton. And those are the situations she needs to be put back in constantly in order to gain experience so that she can perform at the death, for example, and not be here for 26 in the future.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Revenge on Australia, really. It all comes back to that. Um, Next up, we've got Bryony Smith, who signed for the Hobart Hurricanes. Another domestic player, I mean, she has played for England a few times and she featured in the Commonwealth Games, but in terms of kind of fringe players, she's definitely up there. Um. So firstly, to see, even see her signed is, is really good, but all-rounder, again, top order batter, decent strike rate. Strike rate's brilliant. Home, it's brilliant. Yeah, takes a lot of wickets as well. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a massive... Kind of assets of the team. I think what's interesting about some of the, I suppose, more domestic English players, is that actually a lot of the Australians have never faced them, um, or like bat against or bowl against, so they they don't really know what to expect as much. So I think that is a bit more exciting because, obviously, it's still hard to face internationals no matter how many times you've played against them, but you you kind of know what to expect with them a bit more. Um, but actually, it's quite a good opportunity for players like Bryony Smith to play over the winter in competitive environments. Um, this is probably the, the the biggest competitive environment you could over the English winter um, and then bring that back to the stars and learn from those other people. Um, so I know she's played a couple of times with people like Lizelle Lee who were there um, over with the Trent Rockets. So I think, um, yeah, it'll be a good environment.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm looking forward to seeing as well what the Australian players can do. Because I think particularly the pace bowlers, because I think they're deficient in that area. You think of Kim Garth coming into that team, and I you know, I mean she's she's fine, but I'm I'm not thinking this is the greatest bowler of all time who's going to really um, put fear into the England batters. And I'm just wondering where are, you know, they, they got Kim Garth from Ireland, where are the Australian? You know, where's Stella Campbell? Is she, you know, is she going to have break through at some point and, and get into that Australian team? Who are this uh, the young fast bowlers who are who are going to be the next generation of Australia players?
1: Yeah, well, it is a concern. And um, I saw a tweet saying that there's actually a bit of worry over Darcy Brown. She perhaps has got a bit of a hamstring injury, I think. Um, so she might be ruled out for parts of the WBBL or maybe the entirety of it, I don't know, but I think she'll definitely be playing a lesser role. Um, so again, that's another kind of seamer for Australia who's not going to have a prominent role, and and players like Megan Schuut are, you know, getting a bit older, and they, I mean their longevity within the team, you know that, you know, it's not going to be forever. Um, so we'll see. And I always love seeing. This is the same with the hundred. Actually, the Australian or English domestic players that kind of have that breakthrough season you think about Alice Capsey. I want to see that with Australia perhaps there'll be a couple of under 19s in there as well um, I haven't seen the fourth squads actually so there, there might be um, but I, I want to see things like that that's what makes these tournaments so good the final two English players we've got firstly Lindsay Smith another domestic player handful of Caps for England but she's just signed for the Sydney Sixers which it's very clear what's going on here. We've got Charlotte Edwards getting one of her best players from the Vipers. I see what's going on. Um, <laughs> I was quite surprised that Georgia Adams didn't go to the Sixers, actually. Yeah. That, to me, would be the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, actually, the proportion of Vipers players going to the WBBL compared to other teams is quite ridiculous. Um, but no, I, th- I think she's a great signing. in. I was thinking about kind of this season and how well the Vipers did in comparison to how not so well the diamonds did mm-hmm. and you think and, and then compare that to the season before yeah and it's like is lindsey smith the one that's <laughs> yeah. tipping this either yeah. way you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um but no she's a fantastic off spinner um kind of that like left arm spin it mm-hmm. it's rare to find someone doing it so well but she, she really she kind of executes it every time And then the final player we've got, uh, which I think was announced today, in fact, was Lauren Winfield Hill, who's gone to the Scorchers. She's played in the WBL a number of times. I think this is like her fifth team, maybe. So she's done the rounds, been to every team. I think she's just trying to collect all the shirts. Fair enough, I do the same. Um, But again, she had an excellent summer. She was the leading run scorer in the RHF. I know that's 50 over, but she still did well in the Charlotte Edwards Cup. She was averaging 51 in the RHF um and is just such a good batter it's annoying that she can't perform in international cricket because in domestic cricket she is just class
0: consistency isn't it and and yeah i mean she got back into the england setup but then didn't really get picked um but it's so competitive uh, to get in but yeah she is so consistent and she'll do a great job
1: the final thing we want to chat about is coaching so this is off the topic of wbbl although there are a lot of female coaches in the wbbl Mm-hmm. Um we're talking about female coaches in men's coaching because it was announced this week that is it the Sultan Moultons or the Moulton Sultans? <laughs> I always go I can't remember which way around it is.
0: I believe it's the Moulton Sultans.
1: Right, cheers I did write it wrong the round the wrong way around. Um but anyway, they have a very exciting announcement actually, that their bowling department is gonna be coached by female coaches. So we've got two friends of the pod actually, Catherine Dalton is going to be the fast bowling coach. Now, we know how much Catherine has done, particularly, actually, she's worked a lot in Pakistan. um. Mm-hmm. So she kind of is accustomed to the environment. This is in the PSL, by the way, that she'll be coaching. Yes. And she's worked with so many young fast bowlers. um. And I, I think she's a fantastic coach. What she's been able to do is amazing. And then a slightly surprising one, but I'm very excited to see Alex Hartley is going to be the spin bowling coach.
0: I mean, I I just can't. I, I'm finding it hard to get my head around the thought of Alex Hartley being a coach. Um, I mean, huge experience. What a great opportunity it is for her. Um, I can. I, my thought of her is that she she doesn't really like training very much. So, um, so she's going to have to persuade all these people to 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 train seriously. So it's a kind of poacher turned gamekeeper role uh, for Alex Hartley. I think it'd be really interesting. I think she'll really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I think it's a great opportunity. And yeah, great to see. It. I mean, Sarah Taylor kind of led the way with um, coaching in men's cricket. So there are more coming through and that's that's pretty exciting. Now, I think we need to do a big introduction for our guest today. I don't want to
0: build this up too much, but I think that this person is the future of cricket. She is absolute box office. She is gold dust. And be that as a player or as an influencer, I think that she is someone who is going to play a big part in the development of women's cricket in the future.
1: Yeah, so we spoke to Regina Sudase, who plays for Italy. She also plays for Sussex and she could qualify for about 10 countries. but she was so fantastic to speak to in fact we spoke to her for around an hour we had so much to talk about and her story is so interesting her passion for cricket and she's just an absolutely fantastic person and most importantly actually friend of the pod keen listener we love that um so enjoy our very long chat with regina <laughs> So firstly, what's your cricket story and how did your love for
2: cricket come about? Yeah, so um, I'm half a uh, Kashmiri from the Pakistan side. Um, and I feel like cricket's kind of in your blood when you say Pakistan. Um, so I kind of grew up with all my uncles and like my dad, they all played cricket. And I could just remember like always going to their games. When I was about three and four, my dad took up a job as the manager of the USA cricket team um so I have family in the U.S. my mum she was born and raised in the U.S. so we lived there for a while while he was managing and it was probably one of the coolest experiences ever he'd come home from different Caribbean islands that he'd gone to go visit or Nepal Canada and he had like his little film recorder you know recording all the things that he saw and all the things that he was involved in and I think that kind of like built up to be like oh you know what cricket's quite cool like look at the opportunities he's gotten to have and the things he's gotten to do so i think when i was younger because you know i'd got to witness that from him it was kind of like okay i want to play cricket and have those same opportunities obviously you know softball cricket doesn't really give you that you kind of just sit in a field and try and whack a ball but um very quickly when we moved back to england um my dad put me at a cricket club with my brother at first, I hated it. I didn't want to play. I thought this is awful. But my brother played and he loved it. So I couldn't I can have my brother do something and me not do it. So from there, I kind of carried on playing. And I realised that I actually kind of enjoyed it. And quite quickly, I realised that I was actually OK at it. Um, so that was quite cool. But I, the club that I joined was uh, pretty much male-dominated. But I remember in Underline, we actually had quite a few girls that wanted to play cricket. Um, so that was really cool because I never felt like I was alone at the start of my cricket journey there was like two other girls that played consistently games with me and then from there I kind of just kept playing um, softball cricket and I really liked it and then I wanted to go play hardball so my dad took me to the nets he was like okay let's try hardball out and I really loved it it was so much fun and from there they were like oh do you want to go play county I was like let's try so we went forward for county trials and from there, it kind of already hit off. I was like, "Oh, maybe cricket's not such a bad sport anymore." I think I started to enjoy it then. When I got to hardball cricket, I think softball cricket, I was a little bit bored after a bit, but I did really enjoy hardball.
0: Oh wow! So so you got into uh, county, and I, it's Sussex, isn't it that that you're yeah. based in? Um. Yes. So so do you currently play for Sussex then?
2: Yes. So um, I've been in the pathway since under eleven, um. Mm-hmm and I've gotten to work through like every single age group and I got to make my Sussex women's debut like earlier on last year um which was like a dream come true ever since I was a kid you know I always wanted to wear the cool Sussex shirt and everything um because obviously you see like Danny Wyatt Sarah Taylor like when I was younger um so that was awesome I got to wear the pink shirt as well which is probably my favorite one and yeah, I've continued playing county. Um, this year I got to play pretty much every single game, which was awesome. Um, meeting awesome players as well, like um getting to play with George Adams. She's been a coach in the pathway since I was 10. Like when I joined, she'd always been involved. But getting to like play with her was pretty cool. Um, Kiara Green, um, we had a player who plays for Australia A, uh, Nicole Fulton. She came to play for us this year. And you know it's so cool watching her back. She's one of the nicest people you we'll ever meet, um, and a lot of the Vipers girls as well. Obviously, they play at Sussex as well, so you get to like kind of gauge that experience and speak to them. Um, so I have to say, like Sussex give me awesome opportunities. Um, Alexa, uh, Alexa, Alexia Walker, who's the uh, coach of the Sussex women. She's absolutely brilliant. She manages the pathway so well, and I think she's probably one of the reasons that I've always stayed at Sussex because she, she just you know she really helps you feel that you're worthy of your spot and you're worthy of you know playing cricket and you know taking that title you know what I'm actually okay so if it wasn't for her I think I think maybe county cricket wouldn't have been my thing anymore but she really pushed me and she gave me opportunities that you know I'll be forever grateful for.
0: That's amazing and and it's interesting because Sussex it feels like it's a bit like the heartland of women's cricket because you you the vipers is just there isn't it and you've mentioned whole load of names of, of people if you like Georgia Adams is one that comes to mind straight away who are the kind of heart and soul of women's cricket in 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 who they are and the career they've had and the, and the impact they've had so tell us a little bit about the influence of some of those role models on you
2: yeah of course um so I think Georgia Adams always kind of being available if you will throughout the pathway I think that was so imperative to kind of the dream if you will because you sit there and think if Georgia can do it and you know she's giving you your expertise it really motivates you to be like I can do it as well Um, and she's always been so kind and so she like she gives you a lot of time she doesn't kind of limit it when like talk to you for like five minutes be like right I need to go talk to someone else if you genuinely have questions she's always there to answer which I think is absolutely awesome um as well like when I got to properly play um for Sussex I remember I got a text message from her and you know like you sit there and obviously I've known her for a while but getting a text message from her is one of the coolest things ever because you don't expect it and her name and her profile picture pops up and you're like wow Georgia Adams is messaging me right now so I think I was really really cool initially and I think she's always been an asset to Sussex as well as Backer. and um, she's worked at Backer for a couple of years and I think she's been a major asset to the development of cricket in general you know being in that limelight and um, kind of being someone who's gone through it and obviously her journey has been difficult and I think that's really helped especially when you have your own setbacks and stuff like that because you look at her and how well she's dealt with that so I think that's been really, really cool. Um, I think as well, like other people like Nancy Harmon, um hearing kind of her stories as well in uh even county cricket and you know what the things that she went through and then obviously her story at Vipers and stuff like that. And you kind of stop putting everyone on a pedestal and instead look at them as just kind of inspirations, but as well as people that you can talk to and people that you can gauge experience from, because, I mean, they've been through so much and obviously they're so good at the game, you know, the game inside out, you know, gauging that experience from them, I think is so imperative to like my own development personally, but. I think as well, my mindset when I came to it, because you stop idolizing, because I think they would agree and say, just talk to us, the normal people, um. but you stop idolizing, you just start asking, because you want to learn instead of, you know, oh my God, it's <laughs> um, so I think it's been really, really important, and I think it's been um, awesome for women's cricket down south, especially, um, especially for the younger girls, because they've always been involved with, like, especially the young girls, like under 10, under 11, um. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for how interactive they are with us.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic to hear. And I suppose actually having those role models so visible, is something. I mean, that would have, wouldn't have would have happened, I suppose, 10, 12 years ago. And, yeah, for the next generation coming through, it's only going to get better. They have people like you to look to and things like that are amazing. Um, we'll chat about Italy in a minute. But actually, how many countries can you qualify for? Because from what you were saying before, it seems like quite a lot.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> it was quite a few. Um, so obviously England, I've lived in England pretty much most of my life. Um, and then I lived in America and of course I, I obtained an American passport so I could go play for America, um, which Tara Norris is actually currently at. He's um, another one of our Sussex teammates. Um, and then Italy, I've had an Italian passport since the... Uh, it's just kind of been there. I just, yeah. It never became useful until kind of Brexit and, of course, the cricket. Um, and then I also am, am Kashmiri, but um, like the Pakistan side, I have a lot of Pakistani family. Um, and that also kind of allows me to go play for Pakistan um, if I will. But I haven't been to Pakistan since I was very young. So <laughs> it's a bit far to travel at the moment, but I'm hoping to go back and maybe try and play some domestic cricket out there.
0: Wow, I mean that's amazing. So you can you can pick any of those, really, can't you? And um, I mean, personally, I'd love it if you could play for England. That 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 would be great. But if you choose to play for America, I mean, fair enough. That's 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 fine. But at the moment, of course, you play for Italy. Now, tell me about how that came about. You said you've had an Italian passport since birth, and presumably it wasn't like a, a dream since birth to play for the Italian national cricket
2: team. I have to say it was the most random the most random kind of interaction to get into um, the italian side um i play at a club um, in sussex called uh, Roffi and i play for their men's um 11 and we had a game um at another club and one of the guys who was playing for that club he was wearing like all this italy merch He had like an italy cricket shirt and stuff like that and I was like oh i didn't even know italy had a cricket team um but my dad had actually gone to bologna on tour with US. So he told me that there was, but I didn't really think anything of it. And he, like, I didn't think, it, I didn't say anything to him. I just kind of was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then we're playing, and I ended up batting pretty well that game. um And while I was batting, um the, this guy kept talking in Italian, and I just kept laughing. He was like, why are you laughing? I was like, no, 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 I can, like, I could understand what he was saying. um I can't speak Italian that well, but my uh, quite a lot of my family do and my mum speaks Italian so like I can understand bits and pieces so I was like kind of laughing a little bit because he was talking to someone else in Italian but I didn't think anything of it and then we're bowling and my mum is scoring and they're practicing Italian on the side of the pitch because the other guy he was speaking Italian to uh, was learning Italian for his best friend's wedding that was in Italy and he was the best man so he wanted to say his speech in italian and so he's lying, he's they're speaking in like very broken italian well the other guy's speaking in very broken italian and they turn around to my mum. they're like we're really sorry if this is distracting you like tell us to stop if it is and my mom she was just like it's really nice to hear people speaking italian i don't get to hear it very often and the italian national player turned around to my mum and said oh are you are you italian she said yes and they said is that your daughter she said yes she said does she have an italian passport she's like i'm pretty sure she does she said does she want to play for Italy?" They're, they have a women's team and my mom says she was just stunned she said they have a women's team And they went yeah they do and from there he stopped after the game and i came off the pitch and he introduced himself to me and we kind of spoke a little bit and i thought you know what why not you know, it'll be a bit of fun and see how it is, engage international experience, which I think would be awesome, so let's just give it a go, and from there it kind of went in, we got contact details, and I had to renew my passport, which was such a long process, but um, yeah, I got in touch with the coach, I met up with the coach and one of the players in London, um, kind of a couple months shortly after that interaction, we kind of met, had a, a trial, if you will, like a little net, and um, he kind of said to me, "Well, let's try and get you in the next tournament." So, yeah, from there I got to go play um, that February in Gibraltar and make my debut, which was pretty cool. I, <laughs> I can't complain. I just I think it, like looking back on it, it was the most random kind of way to get in. But I mean, nevertheless, sometimes it's just right timing. So
0: that is so cool. How old were you then when that when that was happening?
2: Uh, oh. I was set, I just turned 17.
0: Absolutely brilliant so so tell me a little bit about your debut for Italy then and, and what it was like to to put on the uh, is it the Azuri shirt.
2: Yeah the yeah the Azuri shirt well um oh I have to say it, it so it was in Gibraltar uh, which is very strange every day we crossed the we were staying in Spain so we had to cross the border every day into Gibraltar and it was my first time having to play cricket on AstroTurf because a lot of European cricket is still played on Astro. So I'd never had to play on an turf pitch, let alone kind of a 3G outfield. But, so that was getting used to it. We came like a couple of days before we got to practice on it and I was not used to it at all. The tennis ball bounce and everything I was like, okay, I have to get used to it, but you know, let's just play cricket and see how it goes. It doesn't really matter, but you know, it was a very strange experience at first. Um, when I initially got to Spain they actually lost my luggage uh, sorry my cricket bag so um, it was a bit of a stress for the first kind of day and a bit Um, me and my teammate Amelia Bartram she we travel we normally travel together because she also uh, lives in England and yeah we just got to the airport we stood there for about an hour afterwards saying yeah our bags aren't coming through and we spoke to the lady I spoke with you know the GCSE Spanish that I learned I tried to ask her how can we get our bags back and she gave us a form and everything but kind of nothing was getting done British hours did not to help us that much but it was okay um and then we got them finally like a couple of days later but it was that's a that was a long process but anyway so we came back to the hotel and I didn't have my trousers and I didn't have um my shoes I didn't have any of my batting kit like I'd lost so much so many clothes I was a bit I was a bit stressed out but I was like okay it's fine I'm gonna have to play cricket anyways and then on the actual debut um we were playing Gibraltar and I'd been taught like I don't I already started to gauge kind of what the European standard would be like um and you quickly realize you know how starting these teams are but they're very quickly improving so we've been told Gibraltar as this whole team had been put together for about three weeks I was thinking, Regina, you're fine, like you got this. It's, it's it's gonna be okay. But I don't know, I was so nervous because this is the first time I'd probably played cricket where it was kind of like televised in a way, um, on the ECN network, and you know, there's commentators and there's lights, and you know, all of a sudden, like all the pressure was on me. And I looking back, I don't know why I was so nervous. I was just so, so, so nervous. So when I went out to bat, I remember I think I hit like my second ball for four, and I was like, okay this is fine and then like I started batting and I was like okay this is okay it's fine and I came with the pitch and I was like okay hey, I don't know why I was so scared and then I came on to bowl probably about fourth change and to be fair I wasn't really expecting to bowl that game because I've been brought in as a bat- uh, a batter and I got to bowl and you know it's like going, okay got one wicket I was like yeah I got my international wicket out of the way with um and I was just like just keep bowling straight like if you bowl straight you'll hit the stumps so like, just keep going and then all of a sudden, I'd gotten two wickets in a row, like the last two balls of the over. And I was like, OK, I'm on a hat trick here. This is quite cool. And um, my captain then took me off and put someone else on. And they I got a run out and there was one wicket left. We needed one more wicket after that run out. And I was kind of thinking in my head, OK, maybe I'm not going to get it this game. I'll try, maybe I'll try next game. And then one of the other girls, she turned around to me, she went, wait, you're on a hat trick. And I was like, yeah, yeah. she went, wait, well, why are you not bowling? And I don't know. So they turned around to the captain. The captain she's just like, I had no clue. I completely forgot. And then she's like, hey, come bowl next over. And then I got the hat trick. And the coolest moment ever, because I was like, what a dream debut. Um, Kind of like, regardless of like the situation or position, just in t- terms of say that I have kind of like an international hat trick was so cool. Um. And very quickly, I have to say, like, I know people are like, oh, you know, that was a life changing, but genuinely was like such a changing, changing moment in kind of like my perspective and kind of my life, I guess. Um, After that, I got a lot of kind of media training with ECN and I got to do a lot of interviews and I had a lot of interactions online. It was the first time I had to deal with hate and deal with like kind of fandom in a way because there's so many people that watch this cricket in India and I didn't even know. And it was absolutely crazy. And kind of dealing with that for the first time, I was like, wow. So it was a really cool debut, but I mean, so many things came from that one game. And Yeah, I guess I couldn't really ask for anything else than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's amazing. You, you may, I, I can't let this pass. You mentioned about dealing with hate. That sounds awful. I mean, is talking online comments and, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I, so I've always, cause I kind of restarted bowling um, only recently like it wasn't really I wasn't really bowling before I was mainly just batting um my action wasn't I will 100% agree my action wasn't really completely complete and it kind of looked a bit daft if you will um ever since then I've worked on it a lot harder because then you get self-conscious watching yourself bowl and you're a bit like oh okay I need to fix that and I have to say like I think watching back and the recent tournaments we played it's gotten better but then I don't think it was 100% and like there's so many comments that just sit there being like what is this that's ridiculous you know she doesn't know what she's doing and like little things or when I do interviews she doesn't know what she's talking about I can't believe she'd say this and like little things just shaming kind of me which I I, you know you kind of sit there being like okay like whatever um how can you have a name like Regina and still claim to be Kashmiri and Pakistani and like for the first time over I kind of sat there not questioning myself because I didn't question myself but I just couldn't believe that people could be so kind of mean um and like kind of trying to degrade your success and I mean I I completely understand where a lot of it was coming from but also at the same time I was kind of it's just unnecessary and you're just putting someone down because you you think it makes you a bigger person but they're just people that are hiding behind the screen at the end of the day um and they end up following you and stuff on instagram and you just kind of sat there like well what was the point in that but i think that i kind of looked at hate and i didn't think of it so negatively i think when i first looked at it it was a shock i was a bit oh, i've never had to deal with that before but i'm really lucky to have a really big support system um between my coaches and my parents So I kind of got over it really quickly. Whenever I saw a hate comment, I just kind of laugh about it and be like, okay, whatever. It it is what it is. And it kind of motivated me to get better. I was like, if they're really so mad about my action, then okay, how can I make my action just look nicer or, you know, be that extra bit better? But I didn't really take it to heart in terms of like, oh no, this person told me, you know, awful at this and awful at that. So yeah, very quickly you come to realize that you know people are just kind of jealous in a way and just have to kind of be the bigger person
1: yeah well I bet none of them have international hat tricks so I mean <laughs> who's the winner here <laughs> yeah 100% <laughs> so let's chat a bit about the European qualifiers because I love following the tournament. I thought it was amazing. What was it like from your perspective? Because of course it was kind of your second big tournament with Italy. Um, and also it was, it was T20 rather than T10. So I suppose there were bigger teams there. Like you think about the Netherlands, much stronger competition there.
2: Yeah, hundred um, percent. The division two kind of, asked the so the division two qualifiers initially, they were quite cool because, you know, this was kind of like our big first tour. And it was the f- the first time I've ever actually like seen the other European countries that were a bit more developed, like um France, uh Germany, Turkey, not as much, but getting there, Sweden, uh, Jersey. And I think like initially when we played our first game against Jersey in the Div 2 ones, that was a little bit disheartening because we did not do well. We were 44 all out. And they got it, but they got it six down. And I think when they got it six down, I kind of realized, okay, we have a like. We're not bad it was just a bad first game then we came back we absolutely thrashed france was like okay we're gonna be fine and we carried on playing and then we got to teams like germany and you know germany were basically favorites to go through it was germany and jersey and then it ended up being us in france so it was cool to see how quick the tidings change but how like powerful the team came back and said no we really want to qualify and also that was the first time I'd seen everyone kind of since Gibraltar. So seeing the improvement in all the players was awesome. It was so cool to see. Um, and, you know, that was a massive success. So I think coming into the Division One ones ones where you had Scotland and the Netherlands, I, there was a lot of nerves, 100%, there was a lot of nerves, but I think everyone just kind of went with the attitude of, let's just play the best cricket we can. We came a couple of days early, and the initial kind of feeling was excitement, there was no doubt about it, we were all so excited to be there, but I think there was a little bit of kind of nerves. Also, a lot of, you know, we can do this, we deserve to be here. And it wasn't really questioning our position, because I think initially a lot of us were like, oh, my God, you know, playing Scotland and the Netherlands we're nowhere near them. But really, you know, we felt like we deserved to be there and we would proven ourselves to be there. And I think our main goal was to beat France to showcase, you know, the higher than that level, we just need to get to the next level, which would be like the Netherlands, Scotland level. And we were able to do just that, which I think was a major goal going into it. Um, I think getting to play the Netherlands, because we played them in the ECN tournament before. Um, They're so lovely. They're such a wonderful team. And they told us when we were in Gibraltar, we really want to see you in September. So it was really nice to see them. They're like, yeah, we knew you'd do it. and they're such a lovely bunch and um, they keep in touch with us now like they all follow, uh, we all follow them on instagram and sometimes from time to time we message some of them and you know that relationship stays really good and i think in the first game when we played the netherlands i don't think we played very well at all i think we didn't showcase exactly what we could be but um i think in the second game we maybe came back a little bit and um, i think we recognized the weaknesses in our game so i think learning wise it was such a big tournament for us to kind of showcase what we could do, but also what did they do that we could do better. Um, and obviously, you know, I've, I've had a lot more experience playing games than some people in the Italy squad because they played 12 games a year, whereas I'll play 12 games in like two weeks. So sitting there and kind of having to explain that to them kind of in a very short period of time or in that kind of game week, it's very hard and it's a very hard thing for them to learn. So I think getting to play against other people who've also had that experience, they realised very quickly, you know, what is lacking in their game. And I, I definitely think it's helped them out as cricketers. Um, I think that's probably the only reason why it didn't go as well, just because there's not enough coaching, there's not enough kind of facility in Italy, but it is massively growing. Um, so that was really interesting to see um, and learn from that. I think playing Scotland was so cool because there's so many players on the Scotland team that play in the 100 and you see on TV. So, you know, when I told the ladies, yeah, they play in the 100, they were like, oh my God, yes, they do. Yeah, they do. So I think they were very excited for that. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of the most awesome experiences. And I think definitely there was so much that was learned and taken away from that, that, you know, we wouldn't have had if we didn't qualify. So imperative to the growth of Italy cricket for sure. <laughs>
0: And it seems to me there's, there's not a great deal of difference between, let's say, you and Netherlands and Scotland. It's just they, both those teams have two or three really good players, professionals, uh, you know, like, like the Bryces, like Shter I, I and, and having those on, on your team must make a huge difference. So is there a chance that we're going to be seeing Italian players like yourself or others breaking into that kind of area playing maybe regional cricket or getting a franchise contract and and that sort of thing
2: I think that's definitely what we're trying to push for um so things like fair break um I've gotten in contact with a couple of people to try and you know kind of get into that and I think that's like a massive opportunity to kind of get Italy more known in the world stage being like you know, look these are some players from Italy that are going through um I think I'm really fortunate with the fact that a lot of people have kind of taken interest in me and my cricket and been like, we really want you to try and play. And you know, getting that backing from your own cricket board and that backing kind of from everyone else. I think it's it's really important for you and it makes you feel, yeah, I can do it. If they're backing me then I definitely can do it. Um so those opportunities I'll be forever grateful because Italy's given most to me. Um and so I think that is definitely something that we're looking at in terms of region. I think I've been slightly unlucky in terms of like I'm in a region like Southern Vipers where there are so many talented people and I just don't think at the moment I have a spot that would you know kind of be there and it's very hard on Southern Vipers because they're very um they're very picky on age if that makes sense so I mean being 18 it deems to be a little bit too old for the academy but um of course, they very much tried to stem their cricketers from their academy up to their first team. So I think regional cricket is a bit of a tricky situation because I think it depends on the region. Um, because I've enjoyed my time at Sussex and I'm so supportive at Sussex, I found it hard to kind of, you know, break into that regional point or like say to Sussex, OK, this is what I want to do. But, you know, kind of have to look at your options now and be like, how can I make it as a cricketer? But I think after my Italy experience and kind of sitting there being like, OK, Regardless of what it is, I've had international experience um, and like I've been able to perform against people like the Bryces. Um, I play Premier League cricket as well um, in the Southeast region. So you get, you come across like, so many hundred players. I mean, Naomi Titani we play against her tw- uh, twice a year and she's absolutely wonderful. Um, so like you get to be with all these people. You feel like you are good enough and you are at that spot and you're told that you're good enough, but there's just not that space for you. So you kind of have to move around and i think i've spoken to some people and they've been like yeah we're interested you just need to keep performing so obviously it makes you work harder because you sit there thinking i really want to make it Um and i think that drive and that hunger keeps the spirit alive a little bit more but it's not like a complete setback, it's just more of, you know, okay, this is not working right now, but when the time's right, it will come if it's supposed to be. So I think Italy's definitely given me more opportunities to broaden that horizon when it comes to franchise. Um, and also not just that, you know, looking at other people that are in that franchise circuit and then making your contacts with them and then maybe going to their country or you know, maybe coming to play for their club and then you get noted in different areas. So it, it's cool in that sort of ways. But um, I definitely think that there is a very bright future for Italy. And not just that, we have some Italian players that, like, that we have a young player called Metnara. She's 17, and she is an incredible batswoman. She bats, she's awesome, and she's so young, and she's learned everything in in Italy. Like, she is a proper homegrown Italian girl who's come to play cricket. And we've all said to her, you are going to be in things like fair break which she deserves to be in and you know I've told the coach to send her to England she can come live with me for the summer I'll get her into playing some cricket in the summer it'll be so good for her growth and you know I think they're looking to do that because she is such a good player and I really think that Italy as it grows as a nation in cricket because they've got a massive like five-year plan for it I think potentially could be really, really good. We have a lot of girls as well in England who've all of a sudden got Italian passports. Um, <laughs> and they've said to me, oh, yeah, so how who do I contact? I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> if you want to contact this person, you can. Um, I think there's also a couple of people in Australia that are looking to um, come as well with some Italian passports. So hopefully, I think the future of Italy cricket is really big. Um, and we have some people on the Italy side as well who have had so many experiences playing for Sri Lanka as well. Um, we have two players that used to play in the Sri Lankan side uh, before they immigrated to Italy and having their experience as well on the team has been awesome. It's been so cool to see. Um, so yeah, I think it's coming. I think it's slowly but surely coming. So earlier in the year it was
1: announced that um Italy were gonna have contracts for the first time. Tell us a bit about that and actually the impact that has on all the Italian players.
2: Yeah, so I guess for the first time ever you get to call yourself a professional cricketer, um, which I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone expected. Um our captain Kumudu, she I mean I think we give the most amount of credit to her because she's definitely someone who kept Italy cricket alive. Um, she, they funded Italy cricket throughout their own pockets, traveling kind of around the country or they had to go on tour and play in another country. They would pay themselves to go and play and buy all their equipment, all the kit and shirts and stuff like that. And I think for her, for the first time ever, that was a massive credit to her work and all the effort that she'd really put in. We, anyway, so ever since I joined Disney, they, the Federation has actually took on all our expenses and stuff like that, and they pay for flights and all our kit and everything. So that was always, it was kind of, you know, break even. But now you kind of get paid to pay your, play your tournaments. So I don't think it motivated anyone, you know, okay, now I have to perform, because I think anyway, the spirit of that is very much alive, as it is in all Italian sports. Experience. They're very passionate about what they do. But... um I think definitely ever since kind of that kind of payment, it feels like everyone's been recognised a little bit and that backing from the federation is huge for Italy cricket because even the domestic leagues and stuff like that, so many of the other women that aren't playing for the national team kind of want it that little bit more because, you know, that kind of name of a professional is is huge and we, you know, like playing in the federation, I know I'm going to have to go to Italy soon to play some of the domestic cricket, which is happening um and like they want us to kind of be those role models to the other girls to say you know you can make it too especially the younger girls that are coming up you know who are 13 and 14 that are starting to really enjoy their cricket now is the best time for them as we're starting to get more resources and more funding etc so I think that was a massive step just you know to showcase to other people that Italy cricket backs their women and really backs their girls to do well and because we got to the same stage as what the men got to and um, the men also got to kind of the division one European qualifiers and we got to that stage so it puts us on the equal balance to say both these teams are at that level Um, they just need that help getting that one step further I wish the Italy men nearly did actually they nearly beat Ireland which was awesome if they beat Ireland they would have qualified to the next to the global World Cup qualifiers so Italy, federate, the Italian Federation has recognised that, you know, the women's team are getting so good in Europe um, and the men's team as well doing so, so, so well. And that's just a massive recognition. Uh, sorry, recognition for the women to say, we see you, we see what you're doing and we want you to improve. So hats off to all the people that worked hard for it. And I think it's a massive um, appreciation of. Lorena and Prabhupada who have dedicated so much time to the Italy squad they it literally is their life they fund so much of it themselves until now um and yeah the federation we're so grateful for them um but I mean it's not much but it's a massive start just saying you know get a paycheck that's massive there's nothing really more you can ask for and I think slowly you know as we get higher and higher up in the ranks it'll increase and increase and increase and maybe encourage more and more girls to think of it as an option but it's already such a passion for so many girls and now they're just getting a little bit extra for it so it's really good to see
0: that's brilliant And do you get do you have the anthem before all your games because the, no. the Italian anthem is so cool
2: no I was waiting for it I learned it just for this tournament because I was so sure they were gonna play it I and then I sent it on the group chat and I went girls I think we need to learn it and because some girls of course the girls who went to school in Italy they all know it I guess we have to sing it but I mean there's a couple of girls as well that made me speaking the team and they were like oh I don't know it yet so I learned the anthem because I really genuinely thought they would make us sing it and no they didn't they didn't so um, I think it's for the next round. Maybe everybody will play it then. But I'm waiting for the day that they sit and they say, yeah, okay. National Anthems before the game starts. Not yet. Well, Not if, yet. if you want to
0: sing it now, Regina, this is no, your moment. No, no,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think my singing voice is very good. So I don't think it would be very helpful.
0: <laughs> now, whenever, whenever we interview uh, someone around your age, uh, it's my job to ask the question about education. What's going on?
2: Right, <laughs> I finished my A levels um this year. Um, I don't think I was very successful in, but kind of what I hoped it would be. But I mean, I don't completely blame cricket, but of course I have to blame cricket because my um the first tournament in so was literally a, a week before my mock my mock exams. Um, I missed a whole week of school for it, and then I had my mocks, and I was like, ah, oh, mocks is fine, but I came out of my mocks crying because I was just not very happy with how it was it's okay and then i came into um my a levels just coming back from jazzy where we just competed in the div two qualifiers and i came back the next day to psychology then maths then biology a level kind of three days in a row and i was like okay this isn't great but i mean all around i came out i passed it i passed everything so i was okay with that um I got okay grades, like okay enough in terms to get to university. But I'd always um, said, especially after COVID that I wanted to take a gap year just because I wanted that break in education. But my dad, he's now a professor. So I don't think I'd get far in life if he was, if I didn't go to university, because of course he's been very, you know, get your education and prioritize that. So I've always, we've always had that in the household. I think that's really good. um, Both myself and my brother, kind of having that education purposes um because it's kept us reading and stuff like that and I think that's really helped kind of develop us as people but I do want to go to university I do want to carry on with education um just not this year so at the moment I'm currently doing my UCAS application um as well as I think I'm going to take one more A level um on the open kind of colleges and stuff like that and you know just try and kind of gauge that extra um that, the extra qualifications for myself um because think it is something I do want to carry on with Uh, I would also like to go kind of when I'm younger so I can you know progress through the ranks quicker but yeah hopefully I'm actually looking to say something kind of similar to you in terms like journalism and communications um but it's just kind of finding the right course for you and finding the right university for you as well um so yeah just going through that at the moment which is fine because I went through it last year so of course just having to remember okay what were top tips for personal statement and little things like that but at the moment it's going well and yeah definitely we will carry it on
0: <laughs> that was the right answer well done
1: <laughs> every yeah, single time that. <laughs> always that question um so i've actually seen you play one time um so earlier in the summer i was at trent bridge to see the one i was doing a bit of media stuff So yeah so I don't think I ended up speaking to you but I did see you hit a couple of sixes um so chat about that experience of because it's it's such a weird kind of concept like you never do this in cricket of having all these exercises where you kind of get ranked and you get points for them um but but chat just about doing that.
2: Yeah um so the one was really random I got tagged in it by one uh someone I used to play cricket with and they tagged me and I went why don't you enter I said. that okay yeah why not I'll enter it I'll see how it goes and to be fair I went mainly because I wanted to speak to Lydia Greenway to so kind of gave some advice about cricket because I was having a bit of a crisis in my head being like oh I don't know how to progress and stuff like that um but also I wanted to go just to kind of see what it was all about and also the opportunity to play at Trump Bridge I think that was kind of the main reason I really wanted to go um I think it was really cool I think she's set up something that's awesome it really tests kind of like all aspects of cricket um I think as well meeting the girls there and like different experiences and different levels of cricket that everyone plays is so cool I mean there were girls there that were like really competitive <laughs> there were a few that were extremely competitive you kind of looked at them like I was just here for some fun and then there's some girls as well that were a bit you know I'm just here to enjoy myself see the day when when I get the opportunity to play Trent Bridge again and stuff like that and I was like okay you know that that's really cool and there were some girls that had only started playing cricket like a year ago and they were there and, awesome I think it was I wasn't expecting it to be softball I was actually expecting it to be hardball initially but I know it was something to do with the wicket they were having issues with the wickets they had to astroturf and stuff like that um but I think overall like she's done something really really cool there's a lot of fielding elements uh I think the bowling the only thing my gripe this is the one thing I think about every time I go to bed is the bowling element um I'm, I'm a spinner so I mean you know, of course it's good to know how to bowl a yorker but I don't really tend to bowl that Yorker length, otherwise, I get kind of slugged away to the cow corner. So, um, you know, that that's my uh, arch, neme- uh, uh, arch nemesis. But it's okay. It's a good skill to have. Um, it costs a lot of points as well, which is a bit frustrating, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, but I think it's an awesome experience. I mean, you get to say you hit a six at Trent Bridge. When do you ever really get to say that? <laughs> um, and the catchy, like, little fielding drills okay they were basic building drills but it tested you to your basics and that was kind of really really important kind of puts you in a little bit of check like okay if I can't stop this ball what's going on here or you know that that's a catch I should be taking and I guess the pressure of the point system kind of replicates the pressure of the game a little bit you know I need to catch this ball It's two points if I don't catch it you know this person's going to go on the score 100 little things like that in your mind um so that was really awesome I think Lydia Greenway has done an awesome thing to kind of motivate more girls to play. Just to get girls there, I think it's so good and get people more involved in the game, uh, which is really, really exciting. Um, I can't wait for the next one just to see how it goes. I can't I can't participate anymore, but I think it was awesome. Like I'm excited to see how the next one goes for her. Um, I think Lacuna as well with the kit and everything. I'd never heard of Lacuna before. And then all of a sudden I've seen the stand and I just got speaking to the wonderful uh, lady who runs it late. And you you just like the story. she's American herself, and she's running a cricket, a women's cricket clothing company. Um, so I think gauging that was really cool. Uh, the contacts and kind of that that interaction with so many people was awesome. Um, in my group, I actually had a girl who played for Middlesex under eighteens and Somerset under eighteens. And we had a triangular game that next Monday. So we also we all saw each other and said, "See you next week," um which was pretty funny um but yeah it was so cool I did get my chat with Lydia Greenway as well in the end oh so I think it helped me a little bit she was very nice and then I saw her that Sunday so I think the tournament was on a Wednesday and I saw her that Sunday when I was playing a club game uh in London I saw her in the waitrose that was uh by the service station and we literally ran into each other she went Regina I went Lydia and we just had a little conversation she went oh are you going to a cricket game I said yes It's Sunday cricket and she was traveling down um, to see some family and it was just how, fu- how funny it worked. But, you know, we had a really nice discussion. So she kind of asked me you know, how I was feeling after that. And I think that was really helpful for me just to kind of calm my mind a little bit because I was kind of in a weird place with cricket. Um, and yeah, I think what she's doing is awesome. I think it's an awesome competition, regardless if you win or not. Like just being involved in it is awesome. And having Cricket District there as well and having kind of that m- massive media it's so good because then you know the outreach is going to be awesome and I really hope that you know this will be a tournament that'll be more national there'll be different ones everywhere and I think that's kind of their plan so it's good to see and it's awesome to see so many girls there and yeah really excited for for that tournament to kind of grow
0: it's great to know that Lydia Greenway shops at Waitrose as well because in my mind she was definitely a Waitrose type person
2: well, it was it was like the big service station. There was a WH Smith at a Waitrose and I think we both knew where, where we were gonna go. We're like, yeah, we'll treat ourselves to some rice food at Waitrose.
1: So she wasn't doing the weekly shop in Waitrose. Clearly, clearly the go. England contracts weren't that good back in the day. Well, one thing I want to chat about, which Richard is going to be absolutely clueless about is TikTok, because I think your TikTok is absolutely fab. I think it's amazing because firstly, there aren't actually that many people who talk about cricket on TikTok and particularly to find a girl talking about cricket on TikTok, you're probably like one of the first people I've come across who's actually doing it. So tell us a little bit about that and kind of why you started it.
2: Wow Um, yeah I kind of it was kind of the same thing in terms of like that kind of market if you will so it kind of actually all started last year I um our cricket there's Dan uh from our cricket and I play against him quite regularly in men's cricket because he plays in the same league as us and I remember I spoke to him once about kind of media and he was like oh there's a massive avenue for kind of like women's um kind of women's content stuff like that and I was like yeah but you know I never really thought of it after that you know making a YouTube channel making videos and stuff like that it's a lot of work (laughs) and I didn't really have the time at at that time um but ever since I was younger I've always kind of like made videos just for fun um my dad has been a massive kind of advocate for kind of creating content and just being creative in different medias and different ways so ever since I was little, it was always a concept that, you know, I wanted to make YouTube videos. I wanted to be out there because as you can tell, I talk a lot. So it was always something I was looking to do. Um and then I recorded a video of me batting with my friend, uh Tia. And we were just in the nets. So we were having a bit of a joke around. I said, Oh, for my Instagram, I want to make like a video of me like playing cricket just for a bit of a laugh and she's like okay yeah let's do it so I did it and then I posted it on Instagram and it got like a a decent kind of viewership but then I then she said why don't you also post it on TikTok and I thought no I'm not posting on TikTok that's so cringe but then I kind of realized like oh okay there's a bigger audience on TikTok for cricket so I'm gonna post it on TikTok so I did and it got like 6,000 views which you know it was pretty cool I was like oh this grew really quickly and then I did another one um, after afterwards because I uh, was able to get sponsorship by um, Brizzy Bear Sports, they're awesome. They sponsored ECM and we got into talks with them very quickly and they were like, can we sponsor you? And I went, oh, thank you so much, that'd be awesome. And um, I got some kit from them and kind of, you know, part of that is also to promote that, you know, make some videos and posts, et cetera which I've always kind of wanted to do so I said how can I do that in a way that would be more productive so I made some I made the same video but in my grizzly bear kit and um you know with the pads and everything and it was from behind the stumps again and I was like okay this is fun like I'm really liking this angle because I talk quite a lot when I bat and Alexia my coach she also said sometimes I wish you were mic'd up so we could just listen to what you say in a net session because I I just I talk all the time I'm always talking um and you know we recorded it and some things turned out to be a little bit funny so I kept that going and I just mainly kept it on Instagram and then I was on TikTok and I was scrolling and again kind of what you said with like the lack of female content creators I saw a, a, a TikTok that someone had made and I thought it was kind of funny so I was like I'm gonna make my own one of that version but I only had like 100 followers so it wasn't really anything big I didn't think it was really gonna blow up and it blew up like overnight I got like a hundred thousand views on it it was ridiculous I had so many people like starting to follow my account and I got up to 500 followers really quickly which you know some people don't deem it a lot but I was like wow this is so many and then I posted another one because those are content creators who already do cricket content started following me on TikTok um so there was a filter going around like ranking ODI players and I did it and controversially, I got a lot of views because I put Virat Kohli second in it because I said he wasn't in form at the, the moment, which, you know, I now I take back. We've seen him in the World Cup. He's doing pretty well. And I put Barbara Azan on top. So there was a massive debate in my comments being like India, Pakistan, India, Pakistan. And a lot of people were getting, you know, really heated in it, telling me, you don't know anything about cricket. But I used it to my advantage because it's like, OK, this is getting a lot of viewership. I think it's now on 300,000 views, which is crazy. Um, and it started getting viewership so I used it and played with it a bit more being like okay mutual. I don't you know I don't pick a side I'm there for cricket I just love cricket blah, blah blah and slowly like more and more views have started breaking up and you know more followers and stuff like that and it was just crazy how how fast it kind of grew I wasn't really expecting it and um, and the amount of friends I've made as well That have, you know just followed me back, like dealt with cricket, cricket umpire, cricket casuals, even cricket districts Um, you know, they just followed me back and all of a sudden like started reposting my videos. So then the views go up and the comments go up, and more and more people are like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. I still have the debate, you know, you don't know anything about cricket because you put Katie seconds. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you use it to your advantage. And I think it grows an audience a little bit and people kind of play around with it. Um, and slowly 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 it's starting to like kind of grow which is really cool i'm really enjoying it and i'm loving it and um, some of the content as well the content creators i've kind of met online and stuff like that they've been like do you want to do a collab um my sponsorship my sponsor is in uh ireland so a couple of people creators in ireland have been like oh when you come you know let's make a video together like, yeah of course let's make a video together it'd be awesome so that's really cool um and I think TikTok's a weird platform, I I was so heavily against TikTok. I was like, no, that's so cringe. But, you know, now it's starting to grow and like, you know, I'm like, oh, TikTok's not that bad. Or like I'm with my friends and we're talking about cricket. I'm like, do you mind if I film a TikTok really quickly? They're like, you know, you serious? I need to, like, I just wanna post it. I wanna see, but yeah, I, I think it's awesome. It's really cool. And like the people you meet, the communities on TikTok are really nice. Um, yeah you can you kind of have the freedom to make whatever you want and see whatever you want as well but obviously there's quite a big world of like the hate that's on it but you kind of get over it and you're like, oh, whatever it's fine at least i'm making it and they're not i did have the fear of you know i'm going to be judged you know people are going to be looking at this and judging me but oh it is whatever if they judge they judge it's fine <laughs> it's okay I,
0: well i mean i kind of apologize to everyone over the age of 30 who like me didn't understand any of what you just said but it <laughs> sounded really lovely so thank fact- Thank you for that, and um, that's that's just great. Good old TikTok, whatever that is. Um, so, I, I don't. So, what are your aspirations and goals? Do you want to be a, a professional content creator, or do you want to be a professional cricketer? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years' time?
2: Um, I definitely think that I will continue on with like kind of the creation of content, if you will, just in terms of like documenting my own journey and documenting the experiences I've had. Um, I kind of really want to get into like that journalism kind of, uh, opportunity. Even if it's just sports journalism and working with cricket info and like just writing things, not necessarily reporting, um, but just kind of being involved in it. Um, I want to play as long as I can and see how far I can get. I know right now the kind of age limit I'm in is kind of the the age limit. I have to work really really hard to try and make it if I want to become professional cricket, especially in England. Um, so. That's definitely something I'm trying to push for and trying to get myself in a better situation for, um, as well as like the franchise tournaments outside, like fair break and little things like that, like trying to play in those, um, even domestic cricket kind of around the world. So I think I want to play, if that makes sense, like play cricket around the world, but like document my journey, um, and just kind of showcase like this is, you know, I'm just an average person who decided to play cricket, and like this is the experience I've had just because I've been really fortunate to have this, um and kind of show people that women's cricket isn't what they think it is in terms of, oh, it's just women like that want to play cricket. Like women's cricket is on the, it's going so far and it's actually so much better than people give it credit for. And the experiences you can have with women's cricket, it's not just a, a sport that, you know, women are less than are men. The women in England now are getting paid the same as the men. So obviously there is a massive growth with the women's cricket and I just want to document that and show, you know, why not just get involved, like just get involved with the game, be involved with the sport and just love the sport as much as I do, because I think I sometimes have an unhealthy addiction. Um, But, you know, I don't think it's too bad. (laughs) So, yeah, just kind of carry on with that. And that's kind of the five year plan, I guess. Um, I definitely think university will probably be a bit of like a slow point in terms of like, I'm going to want to focus on my degree. But I think that will just also you know, keep me kind of grounded in terms of like, okay, what's necessary in my life and what do I have to genuinely do to enable that to get to where I want to be um, and like focus me a little bit more because I think I'm very scatterbrained. I think about like three things at once. Um, so I kind of need that regime a little bit to kind of keep me in line because I think I think of so many ideas but you have to like narrow it down and be like, no regime, I need to get it done now. Um, so that's kind of the plan. Will it go to Can? I have no idea. But um, I'm just kind of excited to see um, and excited to get to experience. And like the amount of contacts I've gotten to make has been awesome. Um, so just kind of contact those people and see what else I can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, really good. And I just think you, you've got a massive future in cricket, you know, one, one way or the other. You know, as, you know, I've never seen you play, so I can't comment on you as a player. But your passion for the game and what you're talking about in terms of promoting and that sort of thing. Um, I just think you're. It sounds like you're doing stuff that no one else is really doing, and there are, the opportunities and openings are, are there. I mean, as, as Polly's found really in in her sort of developing career, and I just think, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing because I think it's fantastic.
2: Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. Actually, Polly as well. I was um, I saw you posted a TikTok the other day actually talking about <laughs> jumping on the hype train, <laughs> yeah. but um, how how like Polly was getting into kind of all of this, and I just think you know you've taken so much initiative from so young, you should be really proud of what you've built. And again, like, you know, when I texted Phoebs and said, guess what I'm doing tonight? She was so excited. She was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, so like, we see exactly what you guys do. We think you're awesome. So yeah, this is, this is awesome. And to see like a father-daughter duo, that is so nice because I think so much of cricket is like between the father and daughter, especially in women's cricket. So it's nice to see you guys doing it together.
0: Well, it's yeah, do it together. Really, I just, I just turn up and chat. Polly does all the work. <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of rock up for things like this. Um, but it's it, actually now Polly's away. It's quite, it's, I quite enjoy on a Thursday that we get to record and have a bit of a chat and that sort of thing. It's quite mm-hmm. nice. We'll see you around. Bye. See you in Italy. Uh, <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, see you in Italy. Bye. <laughs>
0: I think that is possibly the most enjoyable interview we have ever ever done together.
1: Oh, I had so much fun doing it. Um, Those interviews where you you can just chat for ages and ages are are so much fun. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much, Regina, for coming on because she was absolutely fantastic. And I'm really excited to see how cricket in Italy grows. Um, I, I think that European cricket is kind of very much a rising thing at the moment I mean we saw um in the I know we don't talk about men's cricket here how dare we um but of course the Netherlands beat South Africa earlier in the week um in the Men's World Cup so things like that it's just kind of it's very exciting that these things are starting to happen and Scotland are playing Ireland at the moment I think Scotland won the first game so um yeah long live European cricket it's great. We love those
0: European teams. Yes. Yeah. And Italy definitely want to watch out for in the future.
1: Yeah. Um. So next week, we're going to have another guest as usual. Um. But in the meantime, you can follow our social media. So our Instagram is Naughty Child Podcast. Our Twitter is OO Child Podcast. And actually relating to uh, our guest today, our TikTok is also Naughty Child Podcast. I've tried to post on there a few times because I have a lot of spare time at the moment. Um, so if you wanna see, there's not really that many funny videos. I did actually rank there's a filter. Now, this is just not speaking your language, Dad, so you can ignore what I'm saying. But I did rank England uh like England players. There was a filter and it's like a random generator. But once you put them in that place say you put them third, you can't move them, but you don't know who's coming next. So you could put Sophie Eccleston number one, and then that Silver Brunt comes along and you've gotta but you might have already put someone two, so she might end up at seven. So that was quite good fun doing that. So we're going to. I'll try and post a bit more on that. You definitely won't be posting on that. Um, yeah. but we'll be back next week, and uh, I hope you enjoyed our our very long episode today.